I'm not here to poke holes and suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou Merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh my god, we're just gonna start calling you Damien Yeltsin's billboards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil is a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone, yeah, I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, it was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it. <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like, it just... history of time where we connect nerdery to the real world my name is ed blaylock i am a world history and english teacher uh, now mostly teaching sixth graders here in northern california uh and uh, as far as uh recent news uh, it's actually hot off the presses as it were uh my son has officially entered the imaginary friends phase of development uh, when my wife went to pick him up today, he mentioned to her that at school he had found four baby dinosaurs and he showed them to her in, in his hands and th they were about as visible as you would expect them to be. And, uh, they followed him home and I got to hear about them, uh, this evening. Um, and so that is, that is a whole new phase in his in his psychological development um my, my wife actually got a little bit concerned because at the same time as that uh tonight he was really manic um this evening wired couldn't couldn't sit still um and what i pointed out to her was that that he he has now just this week gone back to daycare and um, because and in addition to that, his daycare teacher went on vacation after he had only been there two days. And so for the last two days, he hasn't had the same teacher all day. So he is now dealing with no stability at all during the day, nothing predictable. And so he's freaking out. Um, so that's 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 what I have going on at home right now. Um kind of wonderful kind of a little scary who are you what well, do you got going on i'm damien harmony i'm a latin and drama teacher up here in northern california yeah. uh and i have a few theories about that and I'll okay get to them in a second All but right. uh as far as what's new uh, around here my children have started clicker training their cats really yeah okay you've talked about them mm -hmm. being interested so. in doing this all they're doing right now. now all they're okay. doing right now is loading up the clicker and what that okay. means is the cat needs to be trained that a clicker means a treat, and a clicker yes. means that you've done the right thing. Okay. So it's behavioral. It. It's okay. All this. Okay. And so it's been really fun to watch them do that. Now. Okay. On to my theory about your boy. Okay. The one thing I do want to say yeah. about clicker trading your cats. Yes. I have heard that mm -hmm. something you need to be careful about mm -hmm. after you have loaded up the clicker, uh -huh. make sure the clicker is kept somewhere where the cats cannot get to them <laughs> because 
cats being smart enough predatory animals will figure out i hear a clicker i get a treat that's the clicker click 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 <laughs> click treat motherfucker <laughs> click 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 yeah. so just a tip okay. there yeah no problem but i've got a cabinet they don't have thumbs We're okay good. well there you go so here's my theory on your boy yeah uh the imaginary stuff first yeah. off right in line with the age okay uh second off perfect timing in a time where he's been destabilized in two different ways, going yeah. to daycare and then the daycare teacher going away. Yeah. He's created stability and literally brought it home with him in the form yeah. of four imaginary dinosaurs. Yes. So, uh, while he's spinning out, get him to engage those, di- those dinosaurs and tend to them. Okay. And in calming them down. Calm himself down. Exactly. Okay. Gives that him, makes you know. sense. Now, that makes does sense. that re- raise a future codependent? I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it'll have to uh, Yeah, but, but it's okay. Now, yeah. I, I also would like to ask you a question about this. Because, okay. as you know, you and I have very different cosmological beliefs. You have some. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, no, you, you believe in the cosmos. Uh, you don't you don't disbelieve the cosmos okay yes all right okay uh, (laughs) Uh, point all right there you go uh but uh i've told you the story of when my daughter asked us to explore down the road and we pulled up and she's like what's that building i'm like well that's the bounce house oh okay what's that building well that's an ammunition store what's ammunition oh it's the thing that goes in a gun so you can fire it out oh okay what's that it's a church what's a church (laughs) <laughs> have i told you this um no no, no okay. i don't think i've so, I, this one i have at not this heard. moment newly single dad what's a church i have to make sure that i get this right because in order to i i've done it right already okay because she doesn't know what a church is that's okay. points for me okay uh but i don't want her she's going to be going to school with people who go to churches so i don't and, want her and to be who an are hard over about yeah, it especially yeah. around here yeah. Uh, I don't want her to be an asshole about it. Therefore, yeah. what I did was I said, okay, you know how we pretend that we're werewolves and we pretend that we're gargoyles and we go rescue people? She said, yes. I said, these people get together and they dress up nicely on Sundays and they pretend that there's somebody in the sky who's looking out for them and guiding their behaviors and, she, and, okay. and, and you know, helps them and, and stuff like that. And she said, oh, okay. Um... Okay. And the re I know everybody cringes at this, but uh, okay. in my household, the the word pretend is actually a legitimate thing. And it is a sacred thing. There are yeah. a few sacred things in this yeah, house. Yeah, it will, yeah. Um because a kid will ask me and this is where it comes to maybe helping you. Yeah. There will be times where he hits you with shit. You're like, "Wait, who?" And William did this. Like he okay. he got assaulted at school according to the to the uh, babysitter. And then I asked him, he's like, no, he was just playing. And it's because okay. I knew the code word. Okay. So was this pretend or was this real? Oh, this was pretend. And then we did this and this. Oh, cool. That sounds wonderful. So when my kids would be engaged with their imaginary this, that, or the other, and imaginary shit would be happening, yeah, I would ask, you know, because they would try to engage me. I'd be like, wait, just real quick. Is this pretend or is this real? Okay. Uh, and they said, oh, this is pretend. Okay, cool. And then I would dive in fully with them. Okay. And so it was just a, 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 are you asking me to come along with you or is this shit I need to worry about kind of yeah. check for a parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So maybe start getting into his vocabulary that okay. pretend is a wonderful thing. And we will 100% pretend right there with you. Mm-hmm. You already slay dragons with him. Yeah. You already do this. These things, dear boy, are all pretend and they are wonderful. Mm-hmm. So now that you've brought this thing into our pretend, let's pretend. Okay. And that's, and that's okay. the thing. All right. And that's how I was able to get her to understand that there are other religions out there. Okay. And after that, I bought them mythology books. And that really helped. Okay. Because... Then yeah. they, they know okay. the Greek and the Egyptian and the Norse pantheons. Okay. And now they can understand that there's and when a they're lot ready for the real weird shit, you can introduce them to Catholicism. You, well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking, <laughs> of course, as the Catholic <laughs> yeah. in the room for our regular viewers, I'm just saying. But there's, like, there's you know, there's. Adoration only... of the Sacred Heart yeah. is like, dude, what? Right. Okay. But yeah. anyway. But there's sorry. a lot of people who yeah. believe in the gods. And therefore, it makes now it makes sense that there would be some people who believe in one god. Yeah. Who does all these other things that these other gods yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. And so they were no. able to. That, but that works. Pretend as is, a sacred is the, thing. Is the key. Is, yeah. is the cornerstone of that okay. for me. Now, you're obviously raising him uh, as a as a Catholic, we, I would we are at three. We yeah. The, I mean, I mean them. the language. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. language, the language that we use, the paradigm that mm-hmm. he's being raised in, is one of belief because we are believers. Right. Um. He's because of his age and COVID and everything else. We have not been attending services yeah, yeah. Uh, in person. Uh, or actually I got to admit, I'm, I've been, I've been a very bad Catholic. We've not been attending at like virtually either, um, for a while, but, um, Pretty you know, sure so, so red that, text about praying in your home. And your yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but we, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the language that we use, the paradigm that, that things follow is that way, but so he has those terms. He has, he has yeah. those terms. He has yeah. those terms. So, yeah. so. There, so you won't need to use pretend as an yeah. opening into. Yeah, yeah, know, we're not. Here's we're the not, thing that we hold is true. Yeah, we're not. We're not spending a lot of time mm-hmm. talking explicitly to him about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually kind of funny uh, the the way he he most often uh, hears uh, the name of Christ. Uh, <laughs> is, you your toe. is yeah. Well, <laughs> when he was when he was littler, at one point, uh, Lee and he were over at, at our our neighbor's apartment. They were they were hanging out with our neighbor, talking mm-hmm. with him, help I think helping him with with groceries. And our our neighbors, one of our our neighbor had a female friend mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Robert dropped something. Okay, and in his little two year old voice <laughs> said. Oh Jesus! In exactly the way that his mother says, "Right." Oh Jesus! When right. when right. something doesn't go right, and and Lee laughs about it now, mm-hmm. uh, but at at the time she was horrified. Oh, I bet. And and our neighbor's female friend like totally poker faced, and I I don't know. My wife is convinced that she was totally serious. I mm-hmm. don't know if she was or if she was just trying to be like, it's okay. Don't don't freak out about your kid saying that. I understand. But she said, that's right, baby. You keep Jesus with you all the time. Well done. Well done. And, <laughs> and Lee came home and told me that story. And we both went, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> you better but we better. Good, yeah. You better have so, scripts in your head. Yeah, yo, yeah I know. Yeah, oh. I know. Like, I know that's your advantage as a as a stand up comic is uh, you yeah. have you have training at you know oh yeah because shucking and when jiving my, verbally when, when stuff my daughter happens. is singing along with DMX X gonna give it to you 
and she says, "What the fuck you gonna do?" <laughs> Screaming it. Yeah. You know, at uh, the top of her lungs because she's because, proud. Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's it's good to be able to like. Oh, honey, I know that sounds like that's what he's saying, but actually saying what the what you gonna do? Nice. Because he's asking nice. you twice as hard. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I like and that. And so it's just able what to the what. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. Shuck it and jive it. How many levels did we say you had in Bard? I'm trying to remember. Because <laughs> remember, like uh, you kept me mostly cleric. So I I did. I did. Just just enough, I just, just, just a few to get to yeah. lore. Yeah. But uh. But, but, anyway. but I may have to revisit yeah. that. But you can use pretend as a wonderful thing that gives him the trust, ability, and permission to be mm-hmm. able to engage it at any time with you. Okay. And that's a yeah. pretty cool thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that. Anyway. That does make sense. Having said that, have yes. you watched Dino Saucers with him yet? No. Okay. I... Dino Saucers, no. No. You know, listeners, you know I've recommended this like three times. To yeah, us, I know. So. I know. All right, I know. Okay, so, so you're you've got uh, stuff in front of you, which I is do because I prepared nothing. Okay, uh, so what, what what you got? Well, what, what you gonna okay, do? what the what what the what you gonna do? Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you, uh, how familiar are you mm-hmm. with Doctor Who? So it came up as a pun topic a couple times in our live show. Okay. I was familiar enough to barely hang in there. And okay. And I was clearly the losing end of it. Okay. Like, like you can yeah. see, it's kind of one of those, like, I had a health bar of, like, one-fifth. Yeah. And my opponent, we handicapped it to 140%. <laughs> and I was just like, God, I hope that timer comes soon. <laughs> And, Got uh, it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I, you you were saved. You were literally saved by the bell. Yeah. That's, I was. that's I one was. of the few occasions on which uh-huh. I have heard of you being stuck in that in that circumstance. Yes. yes. So, so I know enough of the words to know how to pronounce them. Okay. That's right. it. So Tardis. Tardis. You know, a sonic screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver. Dalek. 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 Okay, Dalek. Yeah. All right. Uh, there is um. There's the doctor. The doctor. Um, and I think there's a been... whole panoply of companions. Oh yeah. I didn't know. Okay. Uh, although that makes sense. Cause I think one of the doctors from ER ended up being one of his companions at one point. Uh... Curly haired British woman. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, River song. Oh, okay. Um, an amazing character. Cool. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then, sorry. uh, I think exterminate is a thing. Yes. The, that's, that's yeah. the battle cry of the Daleks. Fixed motion in time. Or fixed, fixed point, point in time. In time. Fixed point that would in make time. more sense. And I think that's roughly it. Wow. Yeah. I know that you David lucky... Tennant played it. Yes. Okay. Yes. There we go. And that... Probably my favorite doctor. And there date. was a scarf on one of them. Yep. Tom and... Baker. Okay. And <laughs> I mean, like this, <laughs> okay. this is cool. How, this is how yeah. bad the, the, okay. that, that okay. round was. Battered, battered and, hat, big long scarf. Yeah. And, and I know that there have been multiple doctors. Okay. That's it. You lucky dude. Yeah. You, you get to learn about this Ooh. all new all tonight right. because the yes. thing is, um, and I'm, I'm going to throw this out here right now. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if it's going to come up in this episode or if it'll take, for us to get to a next episode in our usual fashion for this to come up. Well, I don't but, have that many puns. But, I can lend okay, to the effort tonight, Okay. Well, so. all right. We'll see. <laughs> but, but what actually got me started thinking about this uh-huh. is Loki. Okay. And because now you've, you've seen, I've seen all the, the, the Disney, Disney yep. plus series. Yeah, Loki. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to throw out a general spoiler warning for Loki right here. Okay, so what I'm going to tell people is if you want to scrub forward by 30 seconds, you should do so starting now. So I'm going to tell just a couple quick jokes okay, about yeah, yeah. Loki. Yeah. First off, I don't know if you know this, but I said I have seen all the Loki because that is actually the collective plural. Because if you take a look at the Loki as a pantheon, mm-hmm. uh, turns out having just one of them is a locus, which makes a lot yes. of sense given that uh, they're okay. the TVA yeah. and there's some traveling through time, which okay. is a locus, a point in time yes. from yes. which the entire compass can radiate around. And now we're back. So wow, have been warned about spoilers. Go ahead. Holy crap. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, um, because I, I I don't know for sure in the flow of conversation talking about this when stuff is going to come up, mm-hmm. um, but what what I noticed uh-huh. starting with I want to say about the third episode in. So once he's met the variant, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamentia, Lamentus, Lamentus, the planet they they wind oh, up. Oh yeah, on. yeah 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 Lamentis. Uh, Lamentis. yeah, Lamentus. The planet, From, which literally means planet of tears. Yes. Yeah. Yes, which is meaningful. Mm. Um, but from from Lamentis mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. the Doctor Who vibes oh. from the show were like absolutely inescapable for me. Okay. And the conclusion that I came to is Loki mm-hmm. is the closest thing we as Americans. Mm are ever going to see made by an American production company sure. to Doctor Who. Okay. So he's not as Doctor Who as Doctor Who would be, but he's kind of a low-key Doctor Who. Very good. Thank you. Uh, nicely done. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing is, mm-hmm. and and so the, the way I want to the way I want to start with it is, yeah. is by kind of giving you an explanation sure. of what exactly Doctor Who is. Sure. And kind of, you know, how 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 the character it. operates, how how the oh, universe works. I like works. this. I'm gonna learn the history okay. of Doctor Who. So, well, I mean, this is gonna be the Cribs, the the Cliff's Notes version. Sure, sure. Uh, because a, yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, because uh, you know, I, I reserve the right to come back to do a really deep dive on Doctor oh, absolutely. Who absolutely. as its own thing later. But uh, I've as done the same thing with the NWO and and, and yeah, yeah. I get so you. it's the same deal. Um, so Doctor Who mm-hmm. started in 1963 okay. on BBC One, which okay. is the main British broadcasting company channel. Yeah, the, okay. there's BBC One, Two, Three, and Four, as I know. Now, right, there are. Okay, back then and, there were BBC One, uh-huh. BBC Two, and I think BBC Three might have been. Yeah, because like that a was in a Be- that was in a Beatles song. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so and and each channel has its own kind of its own character. Yeah. Yeah. And BBC 1 was mm-hmm. obviously the first the one main the, the main yeah. main channel and uh BBC 1 was kind of the I guess the flagship would be the way you could say it. Sure. And so lots of British uh kind of cultural touchstones came out of BBC, BBC One. One. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure East Enders, which is one of the longest running soap operas in the world, oh, okay. uh, is I think it's a BBC One show. Sure. Um, and Doctor Who started in nineteen sixty three as an educational show uh that they would they would have alternating episodes. The uh-huh. the Doctor got introduced in the first episode and he had the TARDIS 
Okay. Which was his time machine. Yeah. Uh, Time and relative dimensions in space. T-A-R-D-I-S. It's Uh an acronym. It's bigger on the inside. Yeah. In fact, you can look on Google Earth. Yeah. And you can go like in front of, I forget where, but it's an underground station. Yeah. And if you look to the left, there's a uh, police box there. Yeah. And if you click, you know, you go street view, you click there, it actually opens up into the TARDIS and it's enormous. Oh, that's awesome. It is. That is pretty cool. I'll show you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so he, he got introduced Uh as there was the doctor and there was his granddaughter. Okay. Who so was like who was traveling with him? Kind of, yeah, very okay. much Sherman and Peabody. And what they did at the very beginning of the series, mm-hmm. they would do one episode that was time travel, and we're going back to Roman Britain, and we have oh, an adventure in Roman Britain, and we've got you know a story yeah, we've yeah. got to you know solve and whatever. And then the next episode would be science based. It would be some kind of science fiction adventure they were in okay. where they had to use science some kind stuff. of scientific principle okay. that they would talk about in order to solve whatever the problem was. Okay. Well, as a history nerd, this makes me laugh. The history episodes were a lot more popular. Oh. And and the science episodes and the science adventures got dropped pretty quickly. I think there was probably also a budgetary issue involved because mm. the BBC did all kinds of like the BBC has been known forever for doing costume dramas from, you know, oh, forever. Okay. So it was probably easier for them to find, you know, the budgeting for costumes Costuming to find stuff for that stats. at yeah. least early on. Yeah. Uh rather than the other stuff. And so, uh, very quickly, uh, the series became focused on time travel. Mm -hmm. The character of the Doctor got developed a little bit. The very first Doctor was very enigmatic. He was very irascible. At first, he almost seemed kind of malevolent, but they softened the character a little bit. Hmm. Um, And sounds so British. Yeah. You're at a boarding school, and your headmaster's a dick. Yeah, kind of. You know? Yeah. Um, And so... It's important to note that when the series started, mm-hmm. we're talking about early early sixties, okay, United Kingdom, and so the country was still recovering from World War Two. Yeah, the the NEA or NIA, the the their health service NHS. Uh, NHS. How did I not just National I, Health I, Service? I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, their National Health Service had just come online. Yes. Yeah. And so we're at we're at the foundation of well, not quite a we're, we're at we're at the beginning of the crest of the wave of the post war consensus. Right. You know the 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 uh, uh, real construction of the welfare state mm-hmm. uh, in Britain, and this is also the point at which the dissolution of the empire is essentially complete. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, India has been gone by this time for more than a decade. Right. Uh, and, you know, the, the nations in Africa, as we talked about previously, you yeah. know, talking about the Dune, Mau all Mau. the, all the yeah. all, you know, the Mau Mau uprisings and Rhodesia and all that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has happened. And so Britain and and the people of the United Kingdom were in this position of experiencing the twilight of the empire. But it wasn't also just like everything was falling apart. It was it was yes, this is crumbling, but there's some really wonderful stuff happening. Like oh, yeah. there's a lot like the ECSC had gotten started like ten years earlier. Oh yeah. And it's going well. Oh yeah. No, know? I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not saying it was necessarily entirely a time of right. negativity, but it was a time 
it was a post-imperial period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point that I'm trying to make is it was it was a a we are no longer the hegemon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Period. Um, and so kind of as the as the and the U.S. is is uh, with Russia yeah. threatening our very existence. Yes, yes. Which it's interesting that you bring that point up because the kind of capstone cherry on top for that point that I was going to make mm-hmm. was in 1963, the uh, United Kingdom and the United States uh, reached an agreement on the UK getting Polaris missiles. Oh, and part of that agreement was the United States building a nuclear submarine base in Scotland. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, which then uh, led to massive protests in the streets of London mm-hmm. like a month after that happened. And so with with that in mind, mm-hmm. um, the the doctor, as we find out as time goes on, we don't mm-hmm. we don't find this out in 1963, but over the course of the character's development and over the course of multiple doctors' times in the role, uh-huh. we find out uh, very early on. We find out the doctor is a Gallifreyan. He's from the planet Gallifrey. The people of Gallifrey are called the Time Lords, and they are okay. this incredibly powerful empire that. Uh, holds sway over time and space itself or themselves. Okay. Time and space time, space time itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor we find out uh, ran away from home. He stole the TARDIS. Oh, the reason it makes that noise every time it appears and disappears. Mm-hmm. We find out is because it's kind of busted. It, ap- it okay. is supposed to blend into its surroundings, but it always appears as a blue police box because its camouflage circuit is broken. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a good way to write in, like, I mean, that's that's Star Trek writing in beaming down. Transporters. Yeah. Yes. It's, it is, it yeah. is the same thing. And so the doctor stole the TARDIS to mm-hmm. run away from the responsibility of being a Time Lord to go gallivant across time and space. Okay. 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 Um, and so over the course of everywhere he goes, he inevitably winds up finding trouble. Mm-hmm. He and his companions wind up finding trouble and they wind up fighting against powerful aliens who are bent on conquest, subjugation of other groups, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now this is being written in the sixties. Let me give you two of the most iconic villains that he faces in the series mm-hmm. and and just listen to kind of how they work and, okay. and tell me what you think. So um, the first one is the Daleks. Okay. okay? Yeah, yeah. Now the Daleks look kind of like... I don't know how to describe them. They they don't have legs. They're, they're big kind the of hover plants. They're conical. They got studded, domes on top of their heads. Have, yeah. And one one arm very famously looks like a toilet plunger, and and oh. the other arm looks kind of like a blender arm oh, wow. sticking out okay. of it. The blender arm, as it turns out, is a disintegration ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are inside that mechanical box mm-hmm. is a biological organism. They are cyber. They are cybernetic. They are cyborgs, and they are absolutely convinced of their own genetic superiority to every other species in the universe 
and they are bent on exterminating everybody who is not Dalek okay. in the universe. And that, by the way, includes not only biological life, but artificial intelligences, mm-hmm. robots. And Everything. if you're not a Dalek, if you are sentient and you are not a Dalek, they're going right. to wipe you out. Right. Okay. okay? And and they are uh, ruled with an iron fist by the Supreme Dalek. Okay. Okay. So... I'll yeah. give you yeah. that example right there. That's that's the first big villain they have. Now, the other villain mm-hmm. are the Cybermen, who are humanoid. Okay. Silvery. They're, okay. They're, they're covered in, essentially, depending on which generation of the Doctor you're looking at, the costumes evolved over time and mm-hmm. changed. But uh, what is universally the thing about the Cybermen is uh, they are brainwashed cyborgs who are who have no emotion who are intent on assimilating okay. all other sentient life into their collective emotionless intelligence it's kind of like the two things that give Winston Churchill the biggest heart on <laughs> like, I mean he hated communism he hated it and then along came the nazis yeah like, oh oh Oh, there's a new show in town oh, that oh, I can't stand oh, even more. Oh, oh, I have a bi- an even bigger hate boner. Yeah. 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 So so the Daleks uh-huh. very clearly are a response to the war. Right, right. And and the Cybermen are very clearly a response to the looming yep. Soviet threat. Pre and post. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And so that gives you an idea of, you uh-huh. know, the the time period that the series came out of. And so now the doctor mm-hmm. runs into the Cybermen. He runs into the Daleks. He always foils them at every turn. But it's not until several generations down the line that a storyline gets introduced where there's ever an effort to wipe out the Daleks. It's always, okay. oh, shit, we've run into the Daleks. We've got to defeat this group of Daleks and get the fuck away. So it was just a plot device to give urgency to what he's doing. Well, to give him to give yeah. him a bad guy that he's got right, to try right. to overcome for the episode. Okay. And then during Tom Baker's time period in the role, then all of a sudden there is a a storyline in which the TARDIS gets lost. He gets given a different time 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 travel device by the Time Lords, mm-hmm. who basically tell him, "Okay, no." You've you've been a bad time lord. Mm-hmm. We're giving you, you are also, however, oddly good at dealing with problems. So we're going to give you the job of solving the problem of the Daleks. Okay. And so your job is to go back in time. We have programmed this one okay. to take you to where the Daleks were created, and your job is to make sure it doesn't happen. And he goes back in time and finds out that the creator of the Daleks was a <laughs> obviously racist, ratio supremacist, uh, crippled scientist in a hover wheelchair that looks an awful lot like the base of a Dalek's body, uh, who who took his own people and uh, uh, tortured them and genetically altered them into the pathetic looking biological entities that he then stuck into tanks and turned into the Daleks. And the doctor at one point is left crouched in a hallway 
with two ends of wire in his hands. <laughs> if he touches the wires together, he's going to set off a bomb that destroys the entire first generation of the Daleks. And he spends five minutes agonizing over his decision. Because it will also kill him? Or because no, it's genocide? Because it's genocide. Interesting. And, and, he, and he goes down the list and he's talking to his companion as he does this. And he says, if I touch these wires together, I will prevent... And he lists like like a, a series of genocidal yeah. attacks by the Daleks longer right. than your arm. He says, I will prevent all of that from ever happening, but I will have committed genocide. Okay. And and he has a he, he has blue screen of death over it. Like he, he mm-hmm. it's one of the few times we ever see the doctor actually completely stuck. So just let me understand this. This is still that same doctor who used to take his niece to cool places and show her stuff. This is several generations down the line. Oh, okay. This is okay. this is Tom Baker. Okay. So hold on, first doctor. This is I want to say this is the f- either fourth or fifth. Right, the dad from Happy Days. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No. <laughs> Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yeah, Tom Baker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> curly hair, eyes like a madman, big long scarf. Hat like Paddington Bear. That doesn't help. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. he interestingly, for an awful lot of fans our age, mm-hmm. Tom Baker is a lot of people's first doctor. Okay. Uh, largely because uh, the series got got exported mm-hmm. <laughs> via uh, PBS. Right. Here in the States. And so on public television, it would it would be on, depending on your public television station, it'd be on Weird Saturday, times, yeah. Saturday night at 1130 at night. Right. You know. So um, a specific type of nerd would. Would, would gravitate to yeah. it. And so and so Tom Baker okay. was, was my first So I was going to say, that's a really jacked up episode of Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I yeah. kind of want to see that now, too. A little bit, don't you? Know? Yeah. Yeah. He's so, changed his shoes because he's going to kick some ass. Because he's going to kick some ass, <laughs> yeah. And so, but but his his core character is built around the idea that he's a hero who who didn't want the responsibility. Oh, okay. Who, who like, no, I want to go out and I want to see cool shit. Like, right, right. I have, There's a reason I'm a Time away. Lord. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Time Lord. I can go literally anywhere, literally any when. And you want me to sit here and wear a big pompous robe and and and, 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 vibe. and be the man? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> right? Yeah. But then he gets out into the universe and he runs into these situations where he's faced with fascistic overlords. Uh, you know, uh, choose which genocide ugly, are you going to yeah, allow yeah. or create? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ugly, ugly tyrants trying to take over you know, different planets. Uh, there are some wonderful, like kind of, kind of pocket episodes um, that, that don't have like a connection to an overarching storyline mm-hmm. where, you know, he spends what to an American is the equivalent of three episodes. Cause each, each story in doctor who is a serial, it's usually about three episodes long uh, each episode oh, being, okay. being about an hour. And so there'll be, you know, um, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. a very it's a very British model of putting a show together. Okay, and so uh, he and his companion uh, in one episode that just scared the wits out of me as a kid. 
Um, because it was, it was late seventies, early eighties, uh, uh, visual effects that mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. freaked me out. He and his, uh, companions show up on a train on an alien planet someplace in the far future. Mm-hmm. And there are a very few humans on board the train and a whole bunch of robots and the robots start murdering people seemingly at random. And right before the robot is going to kill somebody, their eyes go from glowing kind of eerily green to glowing bright, demonic looking red. And, and, and they, they do this, they do this uh, yeah. really effective eighties effect of zooming in on the robot's as face pulling back as, the as the, as the, as the robot marches forward at whoever they're going to kill nice. with their robotic hands outstretched. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I mean, messed me up, uh, for, for, a couple of days afterward. And so um, it is a huge cultural touchstone mm-hmm. in the UK. The doc- Doctor Who, everybody in the UK has seen Doctor Who. They know what the series is. Mm-hmm. And lots and lots and lots of them have childhood memories of hiding behind the sofa during the scary parts of Doctor Who, which is important to mention because Doctor Who is specifically a pre-Watershed TV show. As much as it scared the bejesus out of me repeatedly and has Mm -hmm, scared mm -hmm. the bejesus out of multiple generations of British kids, it has never been overtly violent or bloody. Stuff has blown up. People have been injured. Right, right. You know, people have been killed, but the deaths always happen, you know, cut away as somebody screams. They're always plot devices. They're not plot, like touchstones yeah yeah and uh and you know the monsters are scary but they're all kind of rubber face aliens or clunky looking robot costumes um and so uh just for for an explanation of anybody who's who's not aware of what pre-watershed means Mm -hmm. uh, it's a phrase we don't hear very often here in the united states but in the uk they, they when they're talking about tv shows they they frequently critics and everybody will use it Watershed is the time after which, okay, this is post watershed. You can have the nudity and the gratuitous violence and the adult, you do all the swearing adult, you want. yeah, all the swearing you want. Yeah. In the UK, that's nine p.m. on on. Okay, back then on on the Beeb because yeah, I, I believe and, and yeah. feel free to correct me, uh, geek timers, but I believe uh, that it's now ten. In the U.S., it is. Oh, we have a watershed too. We have a watershed too. The FCC enforces a watershed. I, I mean, I I get it because that's on, why on ER broadcast was always after ten. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that my my friend over in Scotland he told me recently. Oh, it's oh 10. it's ten. Okay, I think it oh, got yeah. shoved. It could have. Right. I I could be wrong. No, I. But yeah, yeah. So, but our watershed is not nearly as as noticeable, clear cut. Yeah, yeah. Because like. They still have to warn you that Dr. Green is going to say the word shit uh, when yeah. he's dying of cancer. Yeah. And like they have to yeah. warn you with a paragraph as yeah. to why it's okay. Whereas uh, in, in Britain, it's look, fucker, it's after 10. <laughs> like, we you, told you. You, you signed knew. up for this. Yeah. You knew. You you're sitting in front of the TV set. Yep. Hell, you're watching Sky Network. Come on. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Actually, you know, uh, you shouldn't even expect a watershed. This is this is BBC Four. What the fuck? Right. Anyway, you know, you know. Now that I think um, about it too, uh, wrestling. So WWE or WWF at the time, they had a show called Raw. Yeah, Raw is war. And yes, that yes. was from 
9 to 10. And then from 10 to 11, it was technically a separate show called War Zone. Yeah. Raw is war. It's just yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And backwards. Then, and then and War then Zone. War Zone. And then, now that I think about it, a lot of the Valvina stuff, a lot of the more adult uh-huh. type stuff did A lot come of the titillation. Yep. The DX The storyline with what's his name getting his tallywhacker cut yeah, off with a katana. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Val, yeah, that, uh, okay. For, for, you yeah. said the name and I, I thought of a female wrestler, but sure, yeah, sure. okay. Yeah. That's my faulty uh, memory. But, but yeah. Which is okay. interesting because uh, WCW had Nitro, which started at eight and went until 11 as well. But it was on TNT, and they had standards and practices. See, and you you didn't get you to didn't, do you the sweary stuff. Yeah. So see, yeah. yeah, basic cable, different set of rules. In yeah, okay, in yeah. in in the UK, that's mm-hmm. a difference between well, we're on the Beeb or we're on a cable service. We're on whatever streaming, right, right. whatever else we got going okay. on. So this show is like you said, it's a pre-watershed show. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's no swearing. Themes mm-hmm. are. Tamped down. Tamped down. Uh, you know, you don't you don't really get really serious. You don't get grim and gritty. Although, under, well, I'll get I'll get into some of the, some of the development uh, that it went through over time. Okay. But, um, so it is it is and it has remained a show aimed primarily at kids and their parents. Like it is mm-hmm, a family mm-hmm. show. Okay. Um. And I think that's one of the things mm-hmm. that makes it something we are not ever going to see in the States because, because yeah. of the sci-fi ghetto. Oh, see, I was going a different direction okay. in that um, nowadays with streaming services being what they are with mm-hmm. uh, cable kind of falling away but yeah. with still having networks, but they have their own streaming services now. Yeah. Um, it used to be you were trying to get the biggest audience you could. Yes. And so reaching kids, you, hitting all four quadrants was yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now they've realized there's plenty good me- money in going as niche as you can. Yeah. Hitting uh, the interstitial yeah. points so, on the chart. So I thought that it was just more an economic model, like why we won't get something that appeals to grandma and grandson is because we don't need to appeal to them because at the same time right. anymore yeah because it's so You're, fractitious as a as a statement on the marketplace today mm-hmm. You're totally right. That is right. that is also that is one more reason that is also why true. Yeah. why why but that's this is not, not going to happen. Going. Yeah, that's not where that's I was going with it. Yeah. Um, because if you look at what we have, what 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 we have generated mm-hmm. here in the states as mm-hmm. our science fiction juggernauts. Right. Um, they're much more post threshold. They're they're <laughs> significantly more. But yeah. but we have Star Trek, right? And Star Wars are our two That's big true. like as the cultural yeah. touchstones. You don't need to be a nerd to know about this. But I'm talking about pre yeah, Marvel, yeah, yeah. pre pre Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. But you know, Star Trek, um, was not aimed at an audience of kids mm-hmm. in the way that Doctor Who is. It was not uh, designed to be get the whole family sitting around the couch and we're all going to have them watch this. The themes that were involved in it were 
anvilicious, like directly we're going to drop social anvils from day one. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to be contentious. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, Shakespeare meets Ray guns, you know, meets wagon train, you know, and I don't think the spirit and the tone of star Trek mm-hmm. is, is anything like the tone of Dr. Who. And I think it's because of our ideas as a culture about how, how we, it's about how we talk to kids really Oh, okay. thinking about it. Sure. Our media kind of tend for a very long time lately in the last couple of decades, this has changed, but certainly back in the sixties, uh-huh. the people who were writing stuff for kids kind of treated kids like they weren't very bright. They okay. didn't give them credit for having insight. They didn't give them credit for uh, uh, wanting or valuing complex stories okay. or issues or, or deeply emotionally meaningful stories or issues. If you look at kids entertainment mm-hmm. from the 1960s, it was recycling cartoons from the thirties and forties. Right. And it was howdy doody. Yeah. Was, you know, it was yeah. bright colors, happy noises, keep the kids entertained. And there wasn't a lot of depth. Do you think also there's a, it feels like there would be a different pattern of watching TV in America and the UK. And I can't speak to it too terribly much, but it seems like, um, in the sixties. Yeah. Um, go away, kid. Don't bother me. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking in the UK, there's plenty of go away, kid. Don't bother me, but go away, kid. Don't bother me. was go outside. Don't bother me. Um, whereas in America, yes, you absolutely go outside. Don't bother mm-hmm. me. But we were so driven by a new advertising drive. Yeah. That, that, Go away, kid. Don't bother me. Was acceptable on the TV, especially on Saturdays. Yeah, because you could advertise to the kids all the cool toys and stuff like that. Yeah, whereas the BBC. I mean, that's run by the government. Yeah, so well, Auntie Beeb to advertise. Auntie Beeb did have yeah. much more strict regulations about mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. Was from the very get go, and I think uh, that'll change more... your watching patterns. It, oh, it totally will, and I think it totally did, and I think there was more of an effort in the UK by mm-hmm. the BBC mm-hmm. to try to elevate the medium. Oh, okay. Um, Whereas we were doing very much not that. We, we, we were doing very much not. I mean, yeah. and I don't mean to take anything away from the efforts that were made by people to, but, I mean, you know, do yeah, there you was know, some Tennessee wonderful... Williams on yeah. TV doing, you know, and, and doing but, that kind of but stuff. But it was the Cold Gate comedy hour. Like, it yeah. was, I mean, the, the original Twilight Zones were brought to you by... And yeah. it was mentioned, like, I have the DVDs of yeah. all the originals, of, you of know? the cigarette ads. Yes. Yeah. You know? And it was brought yeah. to you by advertisers. And it was yeah. very clearly brought to you by advertisers. That seems to have left a different stamp on entertainment. Immensely. Here than yeah. it does over there. And that yeah. would make sense for the not offering kids an enriching experience. Yeah. It was offering kids an advertising 
something numbing experience. Yeah, to and keep, it, it, keep keep them in front of the screen, keep exactly. them looking. And back then, we got to hold their eyeballs yeah. above all else. But it was yeah. not as dialed in as it is now. Like now, it's much more scientific. Oh uh, yeah, well the whole the science has been yeah. developed. Right, like, there's been time to. They were still throwing out. shit against the wall to see if it sticks. Yeah. Whereas the BBC wasn't heading down that path anyway. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering if, if in fact, because TV was still a communal thing in the evening for families, yeah. But during the daytime, uh, you know, was was TV watching? Were the habits that different in the U.S. versus the U.K.? And it sounds like it, maybe I think it in was. daylight, yeah. I think in daylight hours, mm-hmm. you probably would see more similarity than in the evening. Oh, between okay. the UK and the US simply because of what demographics looked like during sure. that time period in both okay. countries. Okay. Because during the day, of course, soap operas are daytime TV because right. they were originally pointed at housewives right. who had the TV going while they were working around the house, which right. is why they're soap operas because yeah. advertising know, soap, ab- advertising laundry detergent and, yep. you know, uh, uh, pot scrubbing tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and in the UK that would have been, very much the same. Sure. I can't speak as a historian with any great level of, of expertise mm-hmm. on that, I'm, but it makes sense yeah. to me. I I'm mean, speaking, it's log- I'm speaking logically more toward what the, what would have been aimed at kids during the daytime uh, okay. versus, versus the families. So I think and it's okay. If that's, yeah, if that's a I path don't, that neither I, of us know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think that would be that would be something worthy of, of looking into sure. when, when I actually go into a deep dive on who that might be that that'll be that will be one of the branches of, kind sure. of what, I, what I want to take a look at. But um, the hallmarks of Doctor Who as a series mm-hmm. are um, it is its cheesiness is part of its charm. Uh, throughout its throughout its lifespan, especially up and especially during its first run from sixty three until eighty nine, so for the first twenty six wow. years, oh yeah, oh yeah, it it is it is the longest running science fiction TV series in the world. Yeah, and by a number of different measures, it is the most successful one. Right. Um. It is. It is. It is in fact bigger than Star Wars. Um. It is in fact bigger than Star Trek. Hmm. Um, now some Trekkers might want to try to be like, well, okay, but like, no, Star Trek was on, you know, for these seasons. And then, you know, next generation was this many years, right. you know, nine and like, we're catching up. Well, no, because based on the way series work in the United States, each one of those is a separate series. Yes. In that the same is universe. In the same universe, but that's a separate series with a separate set of characters mm-hmm. with a separate set of issues that, you yep. know, yep. had a finite run. Doctor Who mm-hmm. ran on the BBC from 1963 until 1989. Continuously. Right, right. Then... Um, essentially the, the writing, as, as I remember the history, uh, the writing kind of fell apart. There were issues within the BBC about budgets and, you know, who, who wanted to be doing stuff. And sure. essentially the series got dropped, Okay, which is a real shame because they like in 1989 with, um, Oh God, I've been thinking about his name all day and now I've forgotten it. But with the doctor who was the doctor at the time, mm-hmm. I'll look him up in a minute. Uh, Alex, uh, Sylvester McCoy was his name. Okay. 
and absolutely he did an amazing run as the doctor. He, he played the first really, um, the first really deeply, how to put it the, the first, the first time that you actually looked at the doctor and could tell he's playing three dimensional chess. Oh, okay. He, he really played the first, no, no, no. I know the bad guys I'm up against have a plan mm -hmm. and I have a plan to counter their plan. And every time they make a move, I'm going to recalculate and I'm going to still stay a move ahead of them. Okay. Okay. Sometimes I'll get two moves ahead of him, but I'm all I'm all, I'm always jockeying to be one move ahead of him. Okay. And you knew things were bad when you could see in his face that I'm not a move ahead of him anymore. Okay. It, his 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 acting was absolutely amazing in the role. Cool. And there was a really great storyline about the gods of Ragnarok that who were these malevolent, you know, pan pan dimensional entities from across time who were trying to bring together, bring about the end of the universe. And okay. It was this amazing storyline anyway. Uh, and then the series got dropped and mm -hmm. we kind of didn't really get a payoff. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, in the nineties, there was an attempt to reboot it. Um, okay. uh, actually, and, and an American production company actually got involved because they were like, this thing ran for 26 years. Right. It has rabid fans all over the world. A whole bunch of those rabid fans are here in the United States. We can do something with this. Sure. And they made a movie that sucked. Okay. Um, just my opinion. Yeah. Anybody in the audience who wants to argue with me, I, feel know. free to at me on Twitter. You're wrong, but feel free to at me at Twitter. We can, we can have that fight. I will, there were, I will number... fight you on that mountain. There were a number of comic book movies that got made in the 90s that were also hot garbage. That were <laughs> so not just hot, flaming garbage. Yeah. yeah. Burning. So, yeah. Radioactive it's, it's, garbage. Yes. The Doctor Who movie was not quite burning radioactive garbage, but mm -hmm. it 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 stank. It yeah. was it was it, they they made they tried to make some fundamental changes to the character's lore like they tried to make him half human right they tried to introduce a romantic subplot which they flubbed mm. i kind of want to say that's not part of the character but then then the series started up again in 2005 and he had a romantic subplot with his companion rose mm-hmm which like there's there there are fans of of who who are still heartbroken about the way that story arc ended and like yeah so it was done mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. in the end i have to admit done pretty well even though it wasn't my cup of tea entirely sure uh i mean rose was really nice to look at but i never quite liked the character that much mm-hmm um, but so anyway, they, they tried to do this movie where they, 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 they Americanized it too much. They said, well, you know, we got to have, yeah. a, we got to have a romantic subplot. We got to do this thing. And we got to, we got to make him like an action hero. And like the doctor right. is not an action hero. This is another reason we're never going to have this show in the United States as what it is, is because the doctor doesn't win with a gun. See, this is the always doctor doesn't win with a lightsaber. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't use magical force powers. He has a sonic screwdriver, mm -hmm. which is a screwdriver mm -hmm. that also conveniently can be used to do a lot of other stuff, but it's not a weapon. Right. Um, and it never has been. And he solves his problems with, with his wits and by being uh, clever 
and creative and thinking on his feet. This is why there's no good Star Trek movies besides a few. Yeah. When it comes to uh, next generation movies, well, and quite frankly, when it comes to the original series movies yeah. too, uh, because the the especially with next generation, the whole point of it was you know warfare is is the last possible option. It's always a yeah. shitty one, uh, and so every time they made a Star Trek movie, especially TNG Star Trek movie, mm-hmm. um, they ran into this problem of. How do we make this not just a two-hour episode? Yeah. How do we make it more uh, galactic in scope? And and the answer was always more action. Yeah. And that worked with um, the uh, first contact one because Jonathan Frakes is a really good director. Yeah. But it didn't work very well with Generations. No. Uh, Sadly, you, which, which I mean, there are good parts in it. Oh yeah, but, no, there's yeah. there's some parts in that movie that are amazing, but there's yes, a lot of parts but, in that movie that are just like, oh, you made an action oh, movie, damn it. Um, yeah. And same thing true with Insurrection, which I still maintain would be a really good one hour episode. Yeah, but there's no reason to have the firefights that they did. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you get to the one where it's uh, you know, the the one where Data dies. Yeah. The same problem. Oh yeah, you no, know. yeah, all so, of them are yeah. yeah. So you're yeah, I the American way of sci-fiing is is a swashbuckly sci-fi. Yeah, and I think I think when it's swashbuckly sci-fi, that's that's the the good lazy American writing. Right. Because the alternative is the bad lazy American writing, mm-hmm. which is it's not even swat. There's not even the romance and charisma of swashbuckling. It's right. just. I've got a ray gun. Yeah. And I'm, and it's going to be Jason Bourne with lasers. Like, yeah. I mean, like if I want to see a Jason Bourne movie, I'm going to go watch a Jason Bourne movie. Right. You know, I mean, if I, and, and, and sometimes if you, if you pitch me a science fiction movie that is, I mean, this is basically based Jason Bourne with a laser gun, Mm -hmm. but you can also find a way to make the science fiction element of it meaningful. Yeah. I think they did that in the matrix. Okay. You know, All right. Yeah. But that was more about a world. That was more about a world and in which that... you had really cool camera angles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really cool, really cool kinetic camera angles yeah. and really good, really good effects. And there was a really mind fucking philosophical question at the root of it. Uh-huh. Which is how how do we know the very Cartesian question of right. how do we know what's real, what counts as real? Mm-hmm. You know, because we we have, you know, the one character in the series is like, no, no, put me back in. Right. I don't want to deal with this shit. Ignorance really is bliss. Send me the fuck back. Right. Like, you know, what is the value in the truth of reality? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, like there was there was all this really deep stuff going on in that movie. And it was also kinetic and and mind-bendingly amazing yeah that's an example of really good american Mm sci-fi bad american sci-fi doesn't do that right and but but again as an american science fiction movie Mm -hmm. you still you know you have to have the kung fu movie elements you 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 know you have the gunplay and the and the you know yeah i mean all of that as part of it they did a thing where they basically front-loaded it with enough sign or enough philosophical questions that they didn't necessarily play off, pay off, but they meditated on. I'm gonna yeah. borrow from what you okay. talked about yeah. with Dune. Um, and then they hit you with all the kung fu. Yeah. 
for the rest of the movie. And the and the gun food. And the gun food too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean but Yeah. yeah and yeah, I I that's that's a legitimate criticism. Do they pay off on any of that philosophy? Yeah. But yeah. Right. Um but but there was something else going on besides just mm-hmm. a series of laser gun fights. You know. Right. Bad American science fiction is just a series of laser gun fights. Mm-hmm. And you can't get away with resorting to a laser gun fight mm-hmm. in a Doctor Who story. Now, during the 70s and into the 80s, there was a period of time where the Doctor was stuck on Earth. It's a long story. And he worked with the the elite British military group called UNIT which is also an acronym. I don't remember what it stands for. And so in those episodes, you had soldiers running around with guns because they were fighting off alien invasions and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were in the background. And the stuff the doctor was doing right. was sneaking around to try to get into the enemy headquarters to solve a problem with his wits. And I have the scientific key to solving this issue. You know, I'm going to be able to expose their weakness. Drive this them is away. the Deep Space Nine approach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There is a war that is a background. You have a station therefore the plot has to come to you. There is a war that is a background. This is actually psychologically very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you've got this moral conundrum in the foreground. Yeah. Or you've got this technological riddle in the foreground. Or you've got reality shattering uh, psychological abuse in the foreground. The foreground. Yeah. You you have, we've got to break the Irishman in the foreground. (laughs) Actually, I was was thinking about the the Area 43 or whatever it was. Yeah. With with, uh, Bashir. Oh, yeah. uh, And the guy who, he's that guy in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. every movie. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, but you you can't you can't do that with the you can't rely on an action movie tableau okay. as the thing that you do yeah, in, in right, Doctor right, Who right. because that's just fundamentally not who the character is right and it it doesn't it doesn't stick with the lore um, like notably uh, you can't uh, truly defeat the Cybermen mm-hmm. with with guns. You have to find their weak. You have to exploit their weaknesses. One of the things I remember vividly from an episode of, of Tom. Yeah, kind of (laughs) what I, what I remember from a, from a Tom Baker episode Mm -hmm. is um, we have to get everything we can that contains any gold anywhere on the station. And we, we have to essentially sneak up on uh, Mm -hmm. Cyberman patrols and, and slap whatever it is. We've got gold against their, their breath intakes on their chest because the osmotic gills they're using to breathe will get clogged up by that and they'll be incapacitated gotcha. and we can and we can get away. Sure. Okay. Sure. So there's an explanation like, and this there's, this there's, becomes a go find the thing and then sneak yeah. the thing onto the guy. Yeah. yeah. And and there is there is the threat of okay, we're going to get killed if we don't, you know, figure out how to overcome these enemies. Mm-hmm. But it isn't well, we need to get to the weapons locker. Right. It's, you know, we need we need to find some other solution. Okay. And so so then when the series was reintroduced in 2005, mm-hmm. um it it has continued since then. Uh with some breaks in some places in the middle there there was I'm trying to remember there've been a couple of years where sure. there's been kind of a hiatus whatever. Um but it it has continued to to run 
and the core facets of what makes the doctor the doctor have remained the same even as the show has uh moved with with the times in some very important ways the casting of the show since 2005 both for companions Mm -hmm. and for the role of the doctor themselves has has importantly become more diverse uh multiple companions have Uh been people of color um, the doctor had their first female regeneration most recently. Right. The most recent doctor was a woman. Right, right. This caused no end of neckbeard whining mm-hmm. amongst a certain subset of the fan population. Uh, the bits I've seen of Jodie Whittaker playing the role, I mm-hmm. really like her take on the character. I should probably take a moment to explain regeneration yeah. when we're talking about this. So if you're going to have a really long running TV series, um, one of the problems you're going to run into is your main character is your, your, your lead actor is going to get old. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so very early on in the run of Dr. Who, the first actor who played the doctor was not a young man. Right. And they didn't plan for it to go. They for didn't. They, they weren't planning years. on it. Yeah. They weren't yeah. planning on it going forever, but eventually he, he, I'm trying to remember what, I believe he got, he became ill. I don't remember whether he died or he retired, but they had to figure out, they had to, what are we going to do? How do we replace? How do character? we, how do we replace the main character? Uh huh. And they said, we don't replace the main character. He's still the doctor, but we get another actor to play him. And the way we explain it is he's not human. Right. So instead of dying, Mm -hmm. when he gets too old, when he suffers some critically critical injury that would normally kill him, right? uh, He instead undergoes regeneration. Okay, so he comes back as he comes back as yeah, as a different essentially. Like we're just gonna do what they've done with the James Bond movies, and we're actually gonna we're gonna lampshade it. We're gonna say no, no. Here you go. Right. Look at this thing. Yeah. We're explaining this thing. Yeah. But it's a um, one sentence explanation. Yeah. So it's a, it, yeah. It's, so it's a simple, it's a one sentence straight up explanation that has become, it, it, it has wound up getting very deeply intertwined with a whole bunch of other parts of the lore of the show. Mm-hmm. It created a whole host of uh, writing possibilities for them. Mm-hmm. Because we never actually find out the doctor's name. We never actually find out who were the doctor's parents. We never actually find out, like, what was his childhood? We never find any of that stuff out. And so this idea of regeneration Mm -hmm. then led to the revelation at one point in the character's development that, no, um, the Gallifreyans have advanced to the point that babies are not born on Gallifrey the way they are on Earth. Okay. Uh, you, You are generated on a genetic loom. Oh, okay. from from the genetic material of multiple other time lords, and sure. you you are then raised in a crash effectively with sure. with other people your own age, and so then there's become this thing within the lore about well, okay, wait a minute, was the Doctor's genetic material taken from these other legendary time lords? Is he the reincarnation via the genetic loom of uh-huh. this other character, who by the way is a villain? Okay. You know, yeah. Um, Which just sounds like good fun writing, quite. Honestly. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. You're just it's amazing. Up all these characters, but but yeah, and yeah. and so one of the Doctor's uh, recurring villains is another Time Lord mm-hmm. who goes by the moniker the Master. Okay. 
who, uh, at least up until the Tom Baker era, one of the rules that was set forward was Mm -hmm. after you hit 12 regenerations, your time is up. Oh, okay. You hit, you hit 12 game over. They've since overwritten that because, you know, we're, we're getting very close to number. yeah. Yeah. And so instead of, well, and so during that time period, part of the master's motivation was he was several regenerations ahead of the doctor. He's getting close to the limit. And so he's doing anything he can to try to find his way to actual immortality. Okay. So that's his megalomaniacal. I like it. I like it. And they had a couple of really amazing. One of the things about the BBC that's just amazing to me is uh, throughout their history, they've, they've had this wonderful stable of Shakespearean actors Mm. who they've used in everything. And so you have, you know, these, these, these guys who, who would have been, and women, men mm-hmm, and women mm-hmm. who would have been, you know, on, on the stage of the Royal Shakespeare company playing a mustache twirling villain, like the master sure. on Dr. Who and hamming it the fuck up, sure, but doing it the way only a classically trained Shakespearean actor right, can really right. do it. And I mean, ah, it's amazing. So anyway, I'm getting off the subject. So, so through regeneration, we've now had, a female doctor. Um, we have not yet had a non-white doctor. Right. A DOC. That's yeah. That's that's the next thing that you know a lot of people are calling for. Sure. And a lot of other people are saying, no, don't do it. Don't politicize my sci-fi. But right. anyway, we we well, talk I mean, about that enough already. You got people doing that with um, 007. Too. Yeah. So yeah. Seriously, no kidding. I want to see Idris Elba play 007. Yeah. Like I would just love that. just I'd do it. That. Like oh yeah. my god. Anyway, uh, as a matter of fact, I want to see Idris Elba play the doctor, but that's just me. It would it would be a remarkable departure uh, in in a number of ways. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and so Loki, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna leave it on this note <laughs> at this point. The thing is, the all of those traits that I just described about the doctor mm-hmm. are there in Loki. But there are some very important differences. Okay. And I think, and Loki is not Doctor Who, but it is, it is in many ways, I think the closest thing we're going to get from an American production company. Okay. And so that's where I'm going to kick off. I'm sure. Our next episode. Now that we've gotten to this point, what are, what is your midpoint kind of yeah. takeaway? What are you ruminating on as we get well, ready, get I, ready to, you know, discover just how much bigger things are on the inside. So many of the things that you, well done. Uh, so many of the things that you uh, pointed out already, I having watched Loki, I'm like, Oh, yeah. there's a, that there's a, that there's a, that there's a, that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I want to point out uh, a similarity well, I don't want to steal your thunder. There, well, there go are ahead. delicious I mean, like, similarities between the their choice of how they structured their stories according to what you said, mm-hmm. uh, read Doctor Who, um, and the choice of how they've structured their stories with Loki, with the TVA. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you notice that it's it's mostly just one set. Oh, yeah. In, in Loki, you know? Yeah. Low budge. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but then... Um, and in that in that space, it's you know how I'm sensitive to frame rates. Yeah, forty FPS screws yeah. me up, but thirty two is just fine. Yeah. Um, Loki 
isn't at a higher frame rate, but it's filmed in such a way that it's washed out that it feels like it's a slightly higher frame rate. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's about time, literally about time. And And so reality. Yeah. And and all of that kind of stuff. Um, So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing those comparisons kind of stack up more and more and more, not just that, but yeah. so yeah, I I think that uh, also the idea of variance mm-hmm. is obviously very tied, you know, very very close parallel to what you're saying with uh, regeneration. Um, there, yeah, you know, because we could we could talk about that a little. You bit have this in character being expressed in all these different ways, and with all these different actors doing really good jobs. Yeah. Uh, and they're different aspects of the Loki. And uh, I just, yeah, I I loved the series of Loki because he showed so much growth. Because yeah. that was my biggest concern was that like, oh, the Loki that we're about to watch is the Loki who hasn't gone through all of this mm-hmm. uh, growth. Yeah. Um, And how they figured it out to yeah. give it to you all in that first episode was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. You know, and I love that. And, yeah. and then he does get to have the same depth and the same humanity. That you saw him grow through the movies. Yeah. And now he's got it again, which is, you know, good for Tom Hiddleston. I, oh. I you know. Yeah. But um Actually so, I want to see Tom Hiddleston play the play the doctor. Oh, that would be lovely. Oh my god. It'd but uh, I also love that I mean you you also have very similar dynamics in that he is the partner to the main variant that we're yeah, chasing. Yeah. He's the sidekick. Yeah. You know, and she's taking him through times. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful parallels I can't wait to, to get yeah. into. So, uh, as far as the Doctor stuff goes, um, I can't wait for your super deep dive into it. Yeah. Uh, but I think you've done a, a good job of just kind of, you know, skimming across the surface so that we can see all of the, uh, you know, the, the different expressions of it uh, okay. as it's gone. Cool. So, yeah. All, all right. right. Well, what do you want us to read or watch? I very strongly recommend if you have not done it yet before our next episode, please, please take the time. Watch Loki. Oh, I thought like you were find say a way. The Captain America movie from 1990. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't No. no, no the Nick Fury movie. Hot from the 90s. radio. No, no. With oh God. Hasselhoff no, it has. No, no. Okay. No. The Fantastic four movie from the night. No. Well, better the, movie from the 90s than the, than the one from just a couple of years ago i don't know but 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 no, no, no. <laughs> but neither right. one right. uh hot radioactive garbage <laughs> like like will turn you into a a stunted hulk garbage <laughs> like no uh <laughs> oh, so you want us to watch the hulk the trial of the hulk movie the made for tv movie where he meets uh daredevil and thor oh god no like you, you just opened something up on me. I didn't even, I, now I, I will not be able to live with that haunted knowledge. Like that it exists. Holy shit. Or, that it exists. Oh, yeah. You never I saw it. No. Oh Lordy. Yeah. I, saw I, it. I, was, I will show you. Stills I'm, of it. I'm so sorry. It is, it is no, I, I thought you were going to go to the Ang Lee Hulk. Film, no, no. Which, okay. that, that at least was an attempt at something. Uh, um, it was bad, it was, but, but yeah, okay. It was, it was still an attempt. Uh, no, I'm no, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna so very strongly recommend Loki. that between now okay. and the next episode, you go watch Loki because mm-hmm. number one, it's an amazing series. Yes. Number two, if you are not familiar with Doctor Who yet, mm-hmm. watching 
the series Loki will get you there. Will get you and understand. You will know what the vibe is that I'm talking about when we get into okay the the next episode talking about it. So I like it. how about you? Uh, I'm going to say, uh, oh lordy, I had the book in mind and then I lost it. Uh, so I'm just gonna say, yeah, binge Loki. Yeah, binge Loki. Uh, there's only six episodes. Yeah. Um. Oh. I know what I'll say. Huh. Uh, there is a series of comic books wherein Loki turns Thor into a frog. Yes. And uh, I can I can probably find the uh, the the issue numbers of that. But let me just explain to you uh, when Loki turns Thor, Thor into a frog. Uh, Thor is in uh, Central Park, and I think it's it's okay. So it is. Uh, th- the Mighty Thor issues 364 through 367 or so. Okay. Okay. Uh, Loki turns Thor into a frog. Uh, Thor, uh, he's in Central Park. He meets up with other frogs. He becomes their leader in a war against the mice. Now, what I love about this is there is a epic poem written by Homer called The War of the Frogs and the Mice. <laughs> it's the Batromomachia. Wow. Okay. And, and so... Our, our Marvel writer is letting us know, sub-roasted, that... No, no, I'm educated. Yes. Okay. And so you have That's the battle funny. between the frogs and the mice... And Thor ends up going off to, and I'll spoil it for you. Thor goes back to Asgard and beats the shit out of Loki and is like, defrogify me, and he does. But at one point, <laughs> Thor, his hammer, Mjolnir, uh, the tiny little shard flakes off. And there is actually a frog who is worthy. And he picks nice. it up and becomes Throg. Nice. And... I'm not going to say anything about the TV series Loki vis-a-vis this, but I do think that you should read, read. while you're binging Loki, read, read that Thor, okay. yes, uh, 364 um, through 367. Okay. So there you go. That's that's what I will. And, All right. And if, you, if you don't want to read that, then go read the Batramomachia. Um, okay. So, All right. You know. Cool. The uh, Thor comics are probably easier for most of most of our our listeners to to get a hold of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I have one, I have one yeah. I have the Batramomachia here in Greek, and with <laughs> and and the the printing plates for the Latin of it are so faded that they're just off in this like little corner of each page of Greek. Nice. Uh, and it's it is a bitch to read. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, but it's All a right. bitch. All right. So where can they find you on the social medias? Uh, you can find me at Mr. Blaylock on, uh, TikTok mm-hmm. and on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at EH Blaylock on Twitter. And where can you be found? Uh, you can find me at Duh Harmony, two H's in the middle on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can also find me every Tuesday night at 8.30 PM Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, doing capital punishment on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns. Very cool. Pun tournament. Uh, and then let's see, by the time this airs, I will have already done Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I will have done uh, the show that I'm booked for uh, called Who Wrote This Shit? Nice. Um, with Chelsea Beers. So I've already done those. You'll have missed them. Sorry. 
Um, but that's how it goes. So yeah, right. that's where you can find me. Where can they find us collectively? Collectively, we can be found at geekhistorytime.com mm-hmm. and a Geek History of Time on Twitter. Good. I think you reversed those. I think I did. Yeah. But anyway. People, they'll find it. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, for a Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, allons-y!